Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In five, four, three, two, one. It's time for the rundown with Rob Sanders. Well, we're waiting. Welcome into the rundown on Fox Sports Radio 1400 around the world on the iHeartRadio app. My name is Rob Sanders. Thanks for joining me here today. I've got a lot of great stuff we're going to get into. Oh, man. I tell you what. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Clemson-Notre Dame game. Um, what Dabo Sweeney thinks about the Irish. Also, we'll have a talk with Aiden Thomas here in just a moment as um, he covers the Irish for the Point Media up there in uh, South Bend. And we'll get uh, his thoughts on what uh, what the Irish do well and how they can uh, match up with Clemson. So kind of a big game here for both teams. It's, uh, you know, that top five matchup that uh, the ACC was drooling over at the start of the season. And now they're going to get it. And, um, you know, Clemson is going to have to deal with some playmakers for the Irish including guys like Kyron Williams. The in-book is in the shotgun. Kyron Williams to his left. Takes the shotgun snap. Up the middle to Williams. Fights his way across the goal line. Touchdown, Notre Dame. Yeah, they're going to have to deal with some guys like that, and it's going to be a big deal um, on, I think this is the most talented offense that Clemson has faced all season, in my opinion. But let's not just listen to me. Let's actually talk to someone that actually uh, is on the beat for Notre Dame. Aiden Thomas recorded an interview with him earlier, and um, here are his thoughts on the matchup between the Tigers and the Irish. Out to the hotline we go. We welcome in uh, our Notre Dame friend of the program, the gentleman that uh, follows the Irish up in South Bend, Aiden Thomas from thepointmedia.com. Aiden, welcome back into the show, man. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me back on. So uh, the matchup this weekend between Clemson and Notre Dame is uh, all the hype has been uh, built up, and it's pretty much what we thought it was going to be when you and I spoke about it back in August. Two undefeated teams, but, of course, the big story with Clemson is uh, Trevor Lawrence is not going to play. Uh, he will make the trip up there, but be on the sidelines. Uh, what is your vibe from the team when they found out that, hey, Lawrence isn't going to go for the Tigers? Um, I think it definitely started as, like, it's not something that they're going to, like, overthink. They, I mean, DJ is a really good quarterback for Clemson, and I don't think they want to get caught in this trap of, oh, we're the favorites now. No, they're the favorites now because – you know, Trevor Lawrence is out. They saw what DJ did against last week against BC. They know he's a, one of the top recruits in the country. He's a very good quarterback. And so I don't think Notre Dame at any point is going to underestimate what he can do for the Clemson offense just because, or what Clemson can do this weekend just because Trevor Lawrence is out. Right, yeah. I think that that's kind of the big thing is that Clemson doesn't really change their offense much regardless of uh, if either guy is out there. So that's kind of a big thing. But 
let, let's talk about about the Irish though and the offense that they bring in um, bring into this game. You know, you can make the argument that Notre Dame is kind of old school with the way they want to run the ball. Yeah, absolutely. Notre Dame has not. Um, they essentially they know what they have for an offense at this point. They're not asking Ian Book to go out uh, and quarterback like Trevor Lawrence or like uh, Tua or Joe Burrow in years past or Deshaun Watson even. Um, they're really just asking him to be a game manager, to not lose them any games, and to put them in a position where their uh, talented players off the ball can make plays, like Kyron Williams, Chris Tyree, and some of those other guys are really the game changers from their game, and folks really have become a facilitator for the offense. Yeah, but and, and I take back to, um, I listened to our interview we did back in August, and you said that, I'm not trying to put you on a limb here, but you did say that you thought that um, Book was one of the more talented quarterbacks uh, that you've seen in your time covering the Irish. Is he, is he relishing that role of, hey, I'm just going to use the tools I've got here to make plays to, uh, to get the Irish football games? I'm not so sure if it is as much that. I do think Ian Book is a very talented quarterback. And, you know, most of the stats, especially kind of like sabermetrics, will really put Ian Book as like a top 15, top 20 level quarterback. He's not going to be like that game changer, Heisman winning quarterback, but he's a very solid player at the center. And I don't think it's any. I don't know if it's necessarily like him relying on the fact that he's one, he's probably the best quarterback Notre Dame's had since maybe Everett Golson. But it's not. I just don't think Notre Dame's asking him to be in a you know an electric air raid offense type of quarterback, and I think they're very content with letting him use his legs, use those short intermediate throws that he's become very good with, and lean on the run game, which is a I think a more sustainable approach for Notre Dame heading into this game. Well, as we look at this matchup, though, we've talked a little bit about that Notre Dame um, offense. Let's talk a little bit about the defense for the Fighting Irish because they, they've they been playing some pretty good defense this year um, and kind of holding some teams uh, under what they normally would do. What are some of the playmakers on defense that if you're a Clemson fan you want to look out for on Saturday? Yeah, absolutely. Defensively, the defense is definitely Notre Dame's strength. Um, the guy that makes headlines in terms of usually he'll be probably covering Amari Rogers or Clemson's top receiving threat, um, and that's going to be Kyle Hamilton. He, he'll sometimes take a matchup play, although more often he's a safety, so he'll, he might drop in double coverage and help out a cornerback like Nick McLeod. Um, he, Nick McLeod, Sean Crawford, and Kyle Hamilton are those three guys in the secondary that, that you'll really look at. The linebackers are where Notre Dame spends. Um, I think they've exceeded expectations there. Jeremiah Oluza-Koromoa has uh, six tackles for loss in an interception this year. He's had a forced fumble. He's been, like, he's been an absolute playmaker all year long. And just He really sets the tone along the line. Um, against Florida State, he had you know, three or four massive hits that were just like, you know, they might have only been like, you know, they might not have gone down as like tackles for loss. And just looking at them, you can just, you know, he just sets the tone for Irish defense, that intensity that they need to play at. And so you're looking at him, and then you're looking at Bo Bauer, who's just an energetic presence. You're looking at a guy like uh, Tua's cousin, Myra, who missed a couple of games, but he's back at four tackles for loss and sack. So there's a, there's a decent amount of playmakers, and Notre Dame can really bring about a bunch of different guys who play for them on defense right now. 
Do you think that the Irish will change some of the ways that the, that they do on offense to um, quite uh, to keep the Clemson offense off the field, meaning that and try to wear out that Clemson defense a little bit, or you think they're just going to line up and go? Well, I think I think those go along with each other. The last three games, Notre Dame has controlled the ball for thirty-six fifty-four, a little bit over thirty-seven minutes, and then forty-one minutes flat. So they've been a huge um, – they put a huge emphasis on controlling the ball, like you said, wearing opposing defenses out. And I think they're very well aware of what the Clemson offense can offer and how good that Clemson offense is. So, you know, definitely a key point for them will be keeping them off the field because, uh, you know, as long as you're not throwing pick sixes, you can't give a point while you're not on the field. So well, the offense, well, their offense isn't on the field. So I think – it's not necessarily that they're going to change anything. Um, it will be. It will definitely be a little bit of an emphasis. I think they'll probably have a few tricks up their sleeves to try to. They know they're going up against Brian Fettibolt, who's just one of the best defensive coordinators in the country. So I do think there will be maybe a slight change. But I think overall they've been really building the team around a sustainable uh, approach that can help them compete against the elite team in the country. Uh, with this game, though, I mean, this is kind of a statement-type game for Notre Dame because, uh, you know, the adage is out there that, yes, Notre Dame puts out a good football team, but in reality, when they come down and they play some of the top-tiered teams from the SEC, the ACC, etc., they don't really uh, pan out as well. How big of a matchup is this, you think, in the mind of Brian Kelly? I think and there's a couple of different ways to look at it. I don't, you know, one is you don't want to make this about, you know, you don't want to make the speech about this game because you know, Notre Dame has bigger goals among the, around this game. If they, you know, hypothetically, if they lose a close one, still the ACC championship, and they're going to win there, then ultimately this game doesn't matter. However, you know, like say, if they come out and they get blown out of the water on their home field, it's going to be incredibly difficult to make any kind of statement of the playoff committee later. And this weekend doesn't um, put or take the making the ACC out of their hands a little bit because Miami only has one loss and since Notre Dame and Miami don't play each other, it comes out of tiebreakers. So it just in a statistical like working on making the ACC, there's a, there's definitely something to take here from Notre Dame. So I think it's a balance of recognizing the importance of coming out and putting on a good performance against a really really good team. But also making sure you don't you don't make sure that Stephen doesn't revolve around. Him. So if you look back in three, Notre Dame beat number one FSU at home, and then the next week Boston College, which is probably who they played this year. I think Brian knows it's a big game, but he's not going to make tell anyone that the revolves around Saturday. And I think that a win. Uh, I mean, I think that a win in this game would probably be the biggest in Brian Kelly's career at Notre Dame. I mean, just, you know, knocking off the number one team. And obviously, if they win this matchup, I I think it pretty much solidifies themselves a spot in Charlotte, uh, especially with North Carolina falling off like they did. I I mean, this game is is huge on uh, on, on the national front for the Irish. Yeah, absolutely. It is. It would be. The, I mean, it's the only time or the first time that Notre Dame played the number one team in the country at the Bryant Kelly. They actually haven't had a game like this since '05 against USC. And so this this would be the biggest win of his career at Notre Dame for sure. 
and what winning it would definitely – I mean, it's not like I'm – I'm not saying that Brian Kelly's like, oh, we don't want to win this game. I just think he's leery of the storyline that come out of like, oh, Notre Dame beat Clemson, that's been the goal of their season. When in reality, the goal of their season is to still win an ACC championship and make the college football playoff, none of which is secured by beating Clemson this weekend. Well, I tell you what, man, I'm really looking forward to the matchup. Can uh, Have you checked the weather? What's the weather going to be like on Saturday night? Uh, it's going to be, from what it looks like right now, it's going to be gorgeous. Last, last forecast I checked was about 67 degrees and no, no rain to speak of. Um, there's, some, there's some Notre Dame uh, fans who are a little bit up, uh, not so sure the best fans they show because they think they'd rather Clemson come up and play a really cold weather game. But uh, ultimately, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that benefits one one side more than the other with their with their play style. Yeah, you're you're right about that. But uh, I was worried about the weather being uh, cold because you know that, uh, that something that could affect Clemson up there and uh, not having to normally play in those types of temperatures that are uh, are cold up there in in Indiana. So. Still looking forward to this matchup, though, and, of course, kickoff is at uh, 7.30 on Saturday night. Aiden, tell folks where they can find uh, your stuff so they can follow you and uh, some of the great content you put out there about Notre Dame. Yeah, I appreciate it. You can uh, find us online at thepointmedia.com, and on Twitter, we're at uh, college underscore talking, which is the individual blog that I write for. There you go, Aiden. Hey, man, thanks so much for joining us today on The Rundown, buddy. I appreciate it. All right, thanks, Robert. There you go. Aiden Thomas joining us on the rundown this afternoon, a look at Notre Dame. Now, what is in the mind of Brian Kelly? Some comments from Coach Kelly about the matchup with Clemson and um, how he expects to contain uh, the, I guess, new Clemson starting quarterback until Trevor Lawrence comes back, DJ Uagunglehi. Here's some comments from Coach Kelly. Well, we'll certainly uh, begin with uh, the opponent in Clemson, uh, number one team in the country and deservingly so. Um, you know, everything they do, they do well, uh, all phases of the game, uh, offense, defense. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Special teams. Uh, consistent and... Uh, you know everything. Uh, their record since 2018, 36 and one. So, uh, you know, I'd be uh, repeating uh, if I didn't say that. Uh, you know, coach has done an incredible job here, and and uh, consistency is is really uh, what is amazing about this football team and and what uh, Davo has done. So, uh, again, just uh, in all phases, they're well coached. Um, prepared for everything and um, you know we're excited about the opportunity to play the number one team in the country and have a great deal of respect for them and I know our guys are excited about the opportunity. Brian just talking in general terms when it comes to facing a young quarterback what decisions do you want him to to have to make and what gives a young quarterback the, the greatest anxiety? Well you know we played Trevor Lawrence when he was a freshman and 
you know, th there are some that, that you think, uh, you know, would have a difficulty in, in certain situations relative to third down and uh, different coverages, but, you know, they're, they're well coached. These, these kids see a lot now and uh, are well prepared. DJ will be <clears throat> well prepared for um, the, the number of things that we'll show him. <clears throat> The most important thing is, is you know, to make sure that he's not comfortable back there. You know, you got to get a great pass rush. You got to get him to move his feet. Uh, you got to make sure that they don't get in a rhythm, which is really the case for a lot of quarterbacks. Um, and, and I just think that uh, whether you're a freshman or whether you're a senior, um, I think a lot of the uh, a lot of the axioms are, are still the same that, that you don't want a quarterback to feel comfortable. So for, for, for us defensively, um, get him out of a comfort zone. Don't let him in rhythm. Don't give him the easy throws that, um, that, that are comfortable for him and, and, and make him you know, do some things that he doesn't want to do. There you go, Coach Brian Kelly from Notre Dame. Um, when you really uh, stop and look at it, though, the Irish are a pretty good football team. The uh, as far as offense, they are ranked what fourth in the conference in uh, in total offense, averaging about four hundred and thirty seven yards a game. Of course, North Carolina at one, Clemson at two, Vatech at three. On defense, it's uh, a little bit. It's not. It's they're one of the top defending teams in the conference. Uh, number two, this uh, as far as make sure I've got my proper numbers here, but as far as total uh, total defense, they are right up there near the top. So it's going to be a tough matchup for Clemson on the road, and I think this Notre Dame team has got a lot of hey a chip on their shoulder, as I guess the best term to describe it. They've got this mentality of everybody looks at us like we're not the best football program ever because, you know, we're an independent, et cetera. And it's always the Notre Dame rule when it comes to the college football playoff. Now you're at a point, though, where, you know, you have to break that cycle at some point. And the sad thing, if you're a Notre Dame fan, is that if you do get this win this weekend— the first thing people are going to say is, well, Clemson didn't have X starter or Trevor Lawrence or whatever. And with that, it could end up just biting you in the butt a little bit. So they are going to play with a chip on their shoulder. And, and, and to be completely honest with you, I think that uh, the winner of this game is a lock for the ACC championship game. I mean, I'm not putting out anything that's, that's not riding on the wall there. I think that uh, the winner of this game will play for the ACC title in Charlotte. So, yeah, it is a big-time knockout game matchup. What's best for the conference is if it ends up being a good game. If Clemson goes up there and wipes the floor with Notre Dame, you're going to have the SEC apologists beating down the doors again saying, ah, oh, see, the SEC is awesome. Clemson doesn't play anybody. How many times have you heard that? All right, when we come back, we'll look at the other matchup that involves folks around here. South Carolina playing uh, Texas A&M. We'll have comments from Coach Will Muschamp and also some comments from uh, Coach Jimbo Fisher. Right here on The Rundown, you're listening to Fox Sports Radio 1400. 
Welcome back to the rundown on Fox Sports Radio 1400. You know, I forgot. I've got some clips from uh, Coach Dabo Sweeney and his thoughts on the Irish. Here's uh, some words from uh, the ball coach up at Clemson. Super excited uh, about this this opportunity this week. Uh, this is you know college football uh, at its best. Uh, two two top five teams, and you know when you when you sit down and, and start breaking this thing down. Um, it's about what you would think, uh, you know, with two top five teams. You know, just a bunch of really good players on both sides, and uh, you know, this is this is again a very small margin for error type of game. Uh, and I know we'll have to, you know, play better uh, for sure, and cut out some of the mistakes that we've had, uh, especially you know, <laughs> giving up some points to the to the uh, to the other team. Uh, so this, but it's fun, you know. It's a great matchup. Uh, Notre Dame is a, I mean, they're a they're ranked number four for a reason, and uh, incredibly well coached, disciplined, play extremely hard. Uh, you know, offensively, it starts with their offensive line. I mean, they're massive. Uh, these guys are are huge. They're all all returning starters. Incredible experience. Uh, the quarterback is has been there a while, and uh, he's a great player. He's savvy. He's instinctive. He can make the throws. He's a really good runner. Uh, you know, the, the tight ends are special. Uh, big physical guys that, that they they use a lot, uh, a lot of different ways. Probably four or five different personnel groupings, so they create some problems. Uh, just from a, a game plan standpoint, all the personnel groupings, the formations, the shifts, the bunch sets, you know, all the play action, uh, they do a really nice job. Again, really, really well coached, very well coordinated. And, uh, you know, they don't just have good players. They're, they're very well uh, coached. And then uh, got, got some receivers really emerging, uh, 88 and 11 and 3, uh, 0. All these guys are, are, are really uh, coming on and, and making uh, some plays for them. Uh, but just a complete team, uh, every sense of the word. You know, they're built to run the football. They got three really good backs. Uh, they've all made big plays, uh, both in the in the run game and the passing game. But again, it all starts with uh, you know the guys up front, and then uh, defensively. Uh, yeah. So there's some comments from Coach Dabo Sweeney as uh, his Tigers will take on Notre Dame, the biggest matchup of the weekend of the season for the ACC. And I've got some stuff we're going to look into uh, in our next segment about South Carolina and uh, their matchup with Texas A&M. There's, you know, every season it seems like Will Muschamp wins a game he's not supposed to. I think this game is a game that, um, that man, the fan base wants. But we'll get into that. As far as this matchup with Notre Dame with Clemson, if Trevor Lawrence were playing, I think Clemson wins by two touchdowns. Now I'm not mocking the um I'm not mocking the what's the way that I can put this? I'm not mocking DJ Uanglehi. Not doing that at all. I think he's a great quarterback. But he's not Trevor Lawrence yet. He may get to a point where he is, and he had some moments last week where he looked really good. But the reality is that he's not Trevor Lawrence. He's not played a game on the road yet as a starter. So, yeah, you've got a lot of things that are kind of out there. Can he deal with the big-time spotlight? We don't know that yet. We just don't. 
And on the injury front, who else will Clemson have out? That's the other thing, too. So it's going to be an interesting matchup there for the Tigers up at South Bend. We'll take calls on this at 803-978-1832. 803-978-1832 is the number to call. If you'd like to join us here on the rundown this afternoon on Fox Sports Radio 1400, does it take some of the shine off of it without Trevor Lawrence there? That was going to be one of my big things to ask the Clemson faithful today as uh, we get through this afternoon here. And I, I think that, I think that uh, obviously the winner is going to go to the ACC championship game. The loser may end up there as well. Seriously. Simply because I don't think anybody else is going to roll through. I mean, Miami has got a pretty good team, but eh, do you really feel that great about Miami? I don't know. So we'll see how that goes for uh, Clemson this week, and they they opened up as a four point favorite. I think it's moved up a little bit as far as the line goes, but um, yeah, it should be. Uh, in my opinion, it's the toughest game Clemson will play this season. After this season, after this week, they get a bye week before they go to Florida State, and Florida State is terrible. I think the last game of the season against uh, Virginia Tech will be an interesting game, but in the end. This is the last place I think that uh, Clemson has the capability of stubbing their toe before they get into the championship mode of uh, playing for that ACC title in Charlotte. 803-978-1832, 803-978-1832. The comments from Coach Kelly were interesting, too, about uh, trying to knock down DJ Uganglehi. You know, the math on that doesn't work. 250 pounds. That's a big boy, big guy, whatever it is you want to call it. Hitting him and knocking him down is going to be a process for just about anybody. Jimmy says, uh, which Clemson defense will be there the first half or the second half? I'm assuming he's talking about the Boston College game. He says, that's the question. Yeah, you can argue that point, but here's the thing with that. Boston College ran up and down the field a little bit, and then it seemed like Clemson just made the adjustments. It really did. And Boston College kind of got away from what they were good at. I wonder about the middle of the the field for that Clemson defense, though, if that's something where people look at and it's like, okay, that's kind of the, the trouble spot there. It's almost like he's a game manager right now. He's not like a guy that's going to go out there and win you some games. Maybe that's kind of the what Notre Dame wants you to think of him. But I've seen he has the capability of making every throw, and he can make plays with his feet. But you know what? When you can lean on a guy like Kyron Williams, you can get away with that. You can get away with just saying, all right, I've got this great running game, and have Book make plays every now and then with his arm to have some balance. But I I really think that uh, Book is not having the season that he wanted. There was talks that he would be like a fringe candidate for the Heisman Trophy. Yeah, he hasn't really had those numbers. But Notre Dame offense is one of the top three in the ACC, top three, top four, getting putting up over 440 yards a game. So, yeah, they can definitely do some things on the offensive side of the ball. But can their defense hold up to Clemson? And 
I wonder if Clemson's going to do a lot more like they did last week with uh, getting Travis Etienne the ball in some space instead of just running the ball, you know, quick passes and things like that that uh, he was able to eat up Boston College with. So another guy to think about for this matchup with Clemson is uh, Cornell Powell, who had a huge game for them. But I'm looking forward to this matchup on Saturday. And the matchup with South Carolina and Texas A&M should be pretty good, too. We'll have comments from Coach Will Muschamp and Jimbo Fisher in just a moment. You're listening to The Rundown. This is Fox Sports Radio 1400. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Welcome back to the rundown on Fox Sports Radio 1400. Around the world on the iHeart Radio app. You know, big matchup here in Columbia for South Carolina and Texas A&M. Texas A&M, since they joined the SEC in, what, 2014? They have not lost to South Carolina. The Bonham Cup, which is the cup that's given to... They, they tried to make this like the big rivalry there. Remember, South Carolina used to play Arkansas every year as their West opponent, showing my age a little bit here, I guess. But they used to play Arkansas, and then now it comes back that they're playing Texas A&M when Texas A&M joined the league. So that's their uh, their cross-conference matchup they play every year. And South Carolina's had an opportunity at points to win against A&M, but it just hasn't happened. And it's literally like the worst that could possibly happen for the Gamecocks seems to for that matchup with Texas A&M. So this week it's uh, a Texas A&M team that's ranked, what, seventh in the country. They got one loss on the season, which is to Alabama. And they're trying to jockey their way and hope someone can trip up Alabama so they can get a spot in the SEC championship game. Or better yet, they're hoping to be what Alabama was a couple years ago where Alabama didn't win the division, but Alabama went to the playoff and won it without winning the SEC. That's kind of in the mindset of what they want to do down there at A&M, even though they lost that matchup to Alabama. All right, so let's start with Coach Muschamp first and uh, his thoughts on the Aggies as they come in here on Saturday night. You know, i got a lot of respect for Jimbo. Um, they have a, a really good football team, four returning starters on their offensive line, um, four seniors on their offensive line. Kellen Mond, who's a, a four-year 
starter to quarterback position, I think, is very efficient in what they do offensively. Spiller has really come on for them as a running back. Um, Smith, uh, they use him in a lot of different ways. He's a really good uh, you know, playmaker for them in the punt return game as a running back, as a receiver in the slot, and does some different things there. Uh, Jimbo does a nice job of utilizing him. I think the tight end is a really good player. You know, in the off week, I think we had some really good tight ends in our league. We looked ahead a little bit on some opponents uh, down the road, and I think Georgia's got a really good young tight end coming. Uh, Ole Miss has got a really good tight end. Obviously, we've played Pitts already at Florida, uh, and, and uh, uh, Weidermeyer uh, at Texas A&M is a very well-rounded guy. He's an every-down guy, can block at the point of attack, uh, catches the ball extremely well, and they feature him in the passing game. So a uh, really good football player. Uh, some talented young wideouts they like. You know, defensively, some very good rushers on the edge, three and eight and two, all create some issues for you in the passing game. They're big inside, uh, very active. Uh, Buddy Johnson has been there for a while. It's the linebacker, and O'Neal and Richardson are really good safeties that are active in, in the game as well, and they've got some really good specialists to kick off most of them, go out of the end zone. Uh, really good punters, done a nice job, a left footer. So uh, looking forward to an opportunity to get back on the field. Uh, disappointed, obviously, with our last outing, and I know our guys are excited to get back out in, in front of our crowd here in, in Columbia. I'm looking forward to our uh, night to appreciate the military and play Texas A&M, and I'll open up for any questions. David with the first one. <clears throat> hey, Will, uh, is the plan still to start Colin Hill at quarterback on Saturday? Yes. And did you and Mike have any discussions about giving another guy a look? I'm just how did those go over this bye week? Well, Ryan and, and Luke both got a lot of reps, and I thought both guys did, you know, did a nice job and continued to improve and get better, and we feel like Colin gives us our best chance to win. There you go. So one of the things that was flying around out there was uh, would, um, and I'd heard it from several folks too, would Luke Doty get the start at quarterback? Apparently not. Coach Muschamp's going to roll with Colin Hill, according to his press conference. Now, he could be lying to us. You know, coaches say things in press conferences, and then all of a sudden down the road, things completely change. Maybe lying is not the best word. Maybe he's just, maybe he felt that way then, but may change his mind on Friday night. You never know. Never know of those type things. All right, some comments from Coach uh, Jimbo Fisher down at Texas A&M as his team rolls into Columbia as the seventh-ranked team in the country. Got to go play a very good South Carolina team on the road. South Carolina's beat some good teams, beat Auburn. They play really good at home. Night game over there is always tough. Will's a heck of a football coach. Uh, Mike Bobo on offense, known him a long time. Very good football coach, and they got really good players. I mean, their corners, both corners are – one's projected to be a first-rounder in one preseason. The other one was projected to be a first-rounder for the season. So, very good there. They got rush guys up front, 52, and those guys can rush. The backers, 53, and those guys make a ton of plays. Five. Uh, six up front. Those guys are strong. A strong offensive line. The backs can really run the football. Uh, the young back 20 is really doing a great job for them, in my opinion, how physical he is. Uh, quarterback's doing a good job there. And then, of course, Shy Smith had a big play on us last year. He's a really good, uh, really good receiver. So they, the tight ends are good. So they'll have a good scheme. We're going to have to play well and uh, got to do it on, on, a, on a short week where we don't get, you know, uh, your practices today because uh, tomorrow being off, which is the right thing to do for, for voting and getting our kids to make sure we vote, and they, they exercise their right to do that, get all that taken care of. But uh, that does challenge you as far as our preparation. we got to get things ready quickly today and, and then go back on Wednesday. No questions. Uh, are there any specific elements that you can point to and say, this is what I really like about this football team? The first thing is our competitive nature, our ability to be resilient, our ability to match up 
uh, each situation, no matter what happens to us, we keep playing the next play and we playing together and being a football team. And I think to have success as a team, I think it's very important. You know, where the offense, if the, if the defense struggles, the offense picks it up. The offense struggles, the defense picks it up, and vice versa, learning to play together. But I love the camaraderie of this team. I think we're learning to be a physical football team. I mean, we're trying to be more physical up front, being able to control lines of scrimmage. And at times we do, and times we don't. I mean, it's it's tough in this league. But I think I do like that ability, have balance on offense. Our front guys on defense staying physical to be able to do that. And our kicking game has been pretty sound throughout what we're trying to do there. We're kicking the ball where we're supposed to kick it, punting it, getting, hitting our field goals and PATs and, and return games. So in that regard, we're doing a good job. There you go, Coach Jimbo Fisher, bringing in Texas A&M this weekend to play South Carolina. You know, the Aggies are an eight-point uh, favorite in this matchup. When I see Texas A&M, though, there's nothing really about them that I look at and I'm like, you know what, I'd like to ride home and, and, and tell everybody about this, and this is something they really need to, to look at. I mean, Spiller's a pretty good player. Uh, um, Kellen Mond's okay, but I don't think they're lights out great anywhere. I really don't. I mean, is there something that I'm missing with Texas A&M? They are the vanilla ice cream of the SEC, in my opinion. They can be really good. But it'll get you through in a pinch, but it's not exactly just something that's just silly crazy. You know what I mean? Anyway, that's kind of how I feel about A&M. If you would like to uh, give us your thoughts on Texas A&M coming in to play South Carolina, is this year the year the Gamecocks get it done? 803-978-1832. 803-978-1832 is the number to call. If you want to join us here on the rundown this afternoon, on Fox Sports Radio 1400, of course, around the world on the iHeartRadio app. Appreciate the folks listening to the podcast. You can download that at uh, 5 o'clock. That's when I'll have it put up there for you. Also, tomorrow, former Gamecock wide receiver Tim Frisbee joins us as uh, we talk a little bit about this uh, this matchup for the Gamecocks and what they need to do to win. What they need to do to win. And, and that's what uh, Tim and I will go over tomorrow. Of course, we work together on the fifth quarter postgame show on WVOC across the hall. More of the rundown when we come back. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio 1400. Well, welcome back to the rundown on Fox Sports Radio 1400 around the world on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Rob Sanders, and I tell you what, uh, I found an interesting story today about Keyshawn Johnson. You know, the former NFL player, played everywhere, went to Southern Cal that guy, he's got an interesting idea about what the Jets can do with their number one pick. And it's not taking Trevor Lawrence. He thinks in a nanosecond that the Jets should trade the pick to the Patriots, saying, quote, just stop it. Darnold isn't going anywhere, talking about Sam Darnold. What they're going to do with that number one overall pick is they're going to move over somebody else. If nobody wants him like the Patriots, for example, just take him, give us your next 10 picks. I don't know if that's going to work or not. But on that front, if I'm the Jets, I, I, I don't think you need to throw out Sam Darnold. He, he's, he's had some moments where he was a pretty good quarterback. And I, I just, I don't think that that's the way to go. I think that you need a lot more than just a quarterback to fix the Jets. But 
You can't win in the NFL without a quarterback. So, yeah, there's that. One of the more interesting things last night, and I don't like doing politics on the radio, but this was hilarious to me. Tommy Tuberville wins the U.S. Senate race. And I think the funniest thing to me on that was he got it by beating uh, Senator Doug Jones. Of course, he was the head coach at Auburn for like nine years. Auburn was very good during that time. And uh, Saban, Nick Saban was asked about him. He goes, we did not compete. We did compete against each other, but we've been really good friends for a long time. I'm really happy for him. And I think he'll do a really, really, really good job. So I wanted to commend the folks from Alabama today because that rivalry between Alabama and Auburn is one of the biggest, baddest, nastiest rivalries in college football. But the folks from Alabama like Tommy Tuberville. And I assure you, there were a lot of people that leaned towards Alabama that voted for Tommy Tuberville. And it's always cool when people can get together and put aside the rivalry and do what they think as a state is the best for the state. Because I really thought about that going into it when he announced that he was going to do it. I was like, you know what? There's going to be a section of Alabama fans that are going to be like, nope, not voting for him. Apparently, that's not how it ended up. So, yeah, good stuff there on that front. You know, heading into this weekend, I thought I would go over some of the uh, the SEC and ACC matchups really quick here. In the SEC, there's only four games. That's kind of the crazy thing is like uh, with the way this schedule sets up, we don't really have a bunch of games every weekend for each conference. Let's do the ACC first. Miami plays NC State on Friday. Weird having Friday night football for college. That's another story. 25th ranked Liberty plays Virginia Tech on Saturday at noon. Also at noon, North Carolina and Duke. Wish that was a basketball game. Boston College plays Syracuse at 2 o'clock. Pitt plays at Florida State. That's at 4 o'clock. Clemson and Notre Dame at 7.30. Louisville and Virginia at 8 o'clock at night. Then you've also got the... Matchups in the SEC, and only four of them, joining South Carolina and Texas A&M. You got a top 10 matchup, Florida and Georgia at uh, 330. That's the featured matchup in the SEC. Vandy and Mississippi State at 330. Texas A&M, South Carolina at 7. Tennessee and Arkansas at 730. Jimmy is not being nice on Facebook. He says, Bama fans know how to vote. That's not nice. Not nice, sir. Anyway, so yeah, I thought that was interesting. Only four matchups in the SEC. No noon game this week. Huh, interesting stuff there. But still, some uh, some I, the Florida-Georgia matchup is really good when you really stop and think about it. That's going to be the battle for the East there. Will Dan Mullen get another flag for acting stupid? (laughs) That might happen. You never know. But a lot of uh, bitter blood between those two programs. And Georgia, Georgia got stomped by Alabama, and they're trying to trying to right themselves. And winning over Florida could uh, 
could put the feather back behind their cap a little bit and make them feel like, hey, maybe we're not a team that can just get popped by Alabama. On the other hand, Florida's won a ton of games in a row or lost a ton of games in a row in this series, and they need that matchup uh, to float their way. By the way, the weirdest matchup of the weekend, Vandy and Mississippi State. Vandy hasn't won a game yet. Mississippi State has one win over Auburn. And that's that's a good question from the Facebook group. Can Vanderbilt win? If they were at home, I would take the Commodores. Apparently, everybody's figured out how to beat Mississippi State and uh, what the pirate Mike Leach is putting together down there. We'll see how that works out for them. If they get that win, uh, I, that might be the best chance Vandy has to win a game this year. I'm serious. So... I'm really jacked up for this weekend's matchups, though. And then Friday night, man, I'm not a guy that likes a lot of uh, non-Power 5 games, but the best non-Power 5 game of the season, BYU, the ninth-ranked team in the country, playing at number 21, Boise State. Boise State, the Smurfs, with the Smurf field. One interesting thing about that, you know, I use the 247 Sports composite uh, roster index basically where you can find out where rosters are ranked BYU's uh, roster is ranked 101 in the country yet they're number 9 overall Boise State's right at about 68 so if you're taking bets there BYU's a 3 point favorite on the road I think Boise State can win that game they've got more talent just saying that should be one of the more interesting matchups on Friday night. I'll have my popcorn out for that. That's a 9.45 start. When you're a dad, you love those 9.45 starts because the kids settle down a little bit and then they go to sleep and you can actually enjoy the game. Yeah, they're, they're, follow me for more dad tips. I'm at Rob Sounds Good. Also, follow my buddy Lawton Swan. He's at Clemson Sports. Follow his website, ClemsonSportsTalk.com. He'll be up as soon as we are done with the... Uh, here at about 45 seconds, he takes over in about five minutes or so. But he is uh, the czar of Clemson sports. He's got all the Clemson info you need. His website is ClemsonSportsTalk.com. Teddy Hefner this morning had on Gamecock basketball coach Frank Martin. If you missed that interview, I'm going to put it up on the website, and uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll post that on uh, my Twitter feed, at Rob Sounds Good. If you want to hear what the coach had to say with Teddy this morning, Teddy's on every day from 9 to noon. All right, don't forget, tomorrow, Tyler Crowder will join us in addition to Tim Frisbee, former Gamecock wide receiver, joining the program tomorrow. My name is Rob Sanders. This has been The Rundown on Fox Sports Radio 1400. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.